Hi, Simon Davis here from Goalshake.com and welcome to this week's Goalshake podcast. Unfortunately, due to a few technical difficulties, this is coming to you a little bit later in the week than usual. But listen on for our tour wrap-up of last week's action, as well as us looking ahead to the European Tour's Golf Sixes event in Centurion. We also have an interview on Italian golf where you can learn a little bit more about this fantastic destination, where to play um, and really the regions involved in Italian golf and why it's important for UK golfers to learn a little bit more about the country. Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Shake podcast coming to you after the bank holiday May Day weekend and Owen Davis alongside me as always and my name is Kieran Clark and uh, Owen did you play much golf over the weekend during the bank holiday? Uh, I did uh, uh, Kieran I did uh, have uh, a couple of rounds got out there the weather was quite nice so um, that was good to see after our kind of cold spell in the UK our um, mm-hmm. sleet and rain and snow that we had even down here in uh, in Cambridgeshire I don't know what it was like up in St Andrews, but it was pretty pretty chilly. But so it's nice to see the sun out again and got out and played a bit. How about yourself? Well, I actually did go out and experience uh, golf uh, on Saturday evening. I went to play the Lansdowne course at Blair Gowrie in Perthshire, which is a really nice golf club. Two two golf courses there: the Rosemount and the Lansdowne. And the Lansdowne is is considerably the more difficult of the two. It is one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played, and really for one of the first times, I've had bad rounds and bad. Uh, days elsewhere but that was one of the first rounds I've ever played where I actually thought I actually cannot play this golf course it's too long it's too narrow there's too many trees it was just unrelentingly punishing and uh, it was very quiet probably there's a good reason for that and um, pretty much I just didn't have the tools you know I have like a a little five set of screwdrivers from Asda when in reality I need like a big massive box of tools from like B&Q to play a golf course that's difficult so Owen it'd be a golf course suited to you but not so much to me, and I think most people listening might struggle with it. But it was a, it was a challenge, put it that way, and it was kind of enjoyable in that sort of a masochistic way that golf often is. But for guys on the on the PGA and European tours this weekend, there was obviously a lot of uh, golf action on on both sides of the pond. Actually, the European tour was in China, where Alexander Levy, the French player, came through and won the Volvo China Open for a second time after overcoming Dylan Fratelli from South Africa in a playoff. And Levy has picked up his fourth European Tour victory. A guy who is uh, 26 years old, has a lot of talent, has a lot of passion for the game, as he displayed in that incredibly exuberant celebration after he held the winning putt in the playoff to secure that victory. And obviously, Owen for Alex Levy, looking ahead to next year, the Ryder Cup is coming to Le Golf National just outside Paris. And uh, for a French player like him, obviously that's going to be a massive objective for him to get into that team uh, next year with Thomas Bion as captain. You know, but Alex Levy, uh, Owen, he's been around for a few years now. He's now a consistent winner. He won in September last year in Austria, I think it was. And uh, he's becoming a more consistent winner going forward. And uh, certainly next year, that Ryder Cup, it must be a real big objective for him. So do you think it's a good chance we could see Alex Levy perhaps doing what Victor de Buisson did a few years ago and actually play on the Ryder Cup team? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see why not. He's uh, almost the, the leading guy in, in France. He... He keeps popping up. He keeps winning, um, yep. which is great to see. I mean, he disappears occasionally, uh, you know, off into the wilderness for for a couple of months. Doesn't seem to feature on mm. the leaderboards, but when he's up there, he seems to uh, know how to win, which is great to see. And I, I think he'll be absolutely desperate uh, to be there. And it, it's interesting with French golf. He's kind of, like I said, leading that as did Dubuisson for a while. But um, yeah. you know, they, they, they seem to have some super super talented players. Um, uh, and he's certainly one of those, and he has a real passion 
for the game as well. So I think he, he could be a, a real great asset for, for a rider, European Ryder Cup team. Uh, very much so. And uh, elsewhere in that event, uh, Pablo Larrafabel finished one shot out of the playoff, while Bernd Wiesberger, who won the previous week in China uh, at Shenzhen International, he finished in a tie for fourth alongside Chris Wood, two shots out of the playoffs. So quite a strong leaderboard there in China. And over on the PGA Tour at the weekend there, they had the unique event at the Zurich Classic, which was a team tournament for the first time in 35 years and then the PGA Tour having a team event on the regular circuit where you had teams of two pairings. They played foursomes earlier in the week and then in the weekend they played four balls. And due to weather, the event was uh, delayed on Sunday, so the final round didn't really conclu- conclude until darkness had descended, where Kevin Kisner uh, pitched in from 90 yards to actually, uh, 90 feet, I should say, 90 feet, um, to force a playoff. So they went to the playoff uh, his, on Monday morning, and uh, the playoff went to uh, f- for four holes, and uh, where Jonas Blixt and Cameron Smith uh, from Sweden, they were against uh, Brown and Kisner from the United States, Blix from Sweden, obviously, and uh, Smith from Australia. And after four holes, first three holes were no birdies there. Then the fourth hole, Cameron Smith, the young Australian, had a moment of magic, played a great shot in, made the birdie, and secured his first victory on the PGA Tour. And they shared $2.4 million, him and Blix. Obviously, not a bad way to start your Monday Monday morning. Uh, and obviously, a great moment for young Cameron Smith, who was emotional afterwards. He was speechless in his interview. Uh, but Owen, he's a young guy who he's kind of been filtering around for a while now. A couple of years ago at the US Open, he very quietly came through and he finished in a tie for fourth there at Chambers Bay uh, when Jordan Spieth won the US Open that year. So he's a young guy, he's a Queenslander, following in the footsteps of so many of the great Queenslander players throughout the years, Greg Norman being one of them, of course, Adam Scott, another one. But this young guy, Cameron Smith, who he's, uh, he's one of those great players who are coming through and, um, you know, Doing some, doing some stuff here and obviously he falls in the footsteps of so many other great young players who are making gains in the game right now but looking at this event Owen you know, we obviously we're going to talk about golf sixes as well but when you see an event like this breaking away from the kind of the conventional 72 holes of stroke play do you think that's the thing that we have to see more of in the game going forward is we're actually having more events more variety in terms of the formats that we see on all the tours is that what the game should be trying to embrace more of? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was interesting to see. I personally find those those formats where they still play seventy two holes, but mix them up a little bit in team events. Quite, yeah. Oh, we appeared, we appeared to have actually lost Owen on the recording there, which is uh, obviously unfortunate. But I would just finish the thought he was trying to he was trying to make there, which was that yes, um, obviously an event which is obviously a team event, and that's something we're seeing more of on the tour going forward. But. So maybe perhaps the 72 holes was perhaps not the best way of doing, about, doing, doing it. Obviously, this week coming up in Golf Sixes, it's going to be played at the Centurion Club in St Albans this weekend in, in the UK on the European Tour. And that's going to be actually over two rounds on Saturday and Sunday. So obviously, um, it's something a bit different. Anyway, Owen, after that technical break, I believe you are back with us. So uh, try and finish that thought you'd uh, so eloquently... I, I'm back here and I'm not quite sure what happened there. Suddenly dropped off, but... Yeah, I, I was saying that I don't find it amazingly engaging, these formats, but I think it is uh, uh, more of what we're going to see on tour. I think, you know, people are getting a little bit bored uh, with 72 whole formats, and it's interesting to see um, people like the PJ Tour and European Tour starting to experiment uh, with this. And I, I just heard you as I came back in there talking about goal sixes, and, um, you know, I think that's that's going to be really, really interesting on the European Tour this weekend. Uh, where you've got a shorter format. And I think maybe this is where the team stuff goes. I know uh, the European Tour did it at, in Perth, um, and I think that worked actually better than this what they've done on the PGA Tour in this last week. Um, 
you know, and I think it, I think that will be interesting. The fact that they've got this team element with the shorter format and some music uh, and that side of things, I think, I think it'd be really, really interesting to see. And I'm actually going to try and attend this week down at Centurion and, and see how it plays out. But I was, I was actually at the London club uh, last year where they did something similar in the evening with some music, some fireworks mm. uh, and a shorter format, which was a, a kind of shootout on a par three. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I, I think I think golf needs it. I think it needs to demonstrate that a shorter format of the game can work, not just for the professionals and TV, but for us as as average uh, golfers or amateur golfers, looking how we, you know, we've all got time pressures on us on our outside life. Um, how can we actually go out and really enjoy six holes, nine holes? And, uh, you know, I kind of um, salute the European tour for giving this a go. Yeah, and you mentioned the Centurion Club, which you have some experience of. So, uh, Owen, what kind of golf course is that, and how do you think it will play this week uh, with this format? Well, I think it's a modern uh, championship course uh, down in St Albans. Um, it's it's really been constructed to a, a super high level, so um, you, you've got a fairly expensive membership structure there. And so, as you'd expect, it will be in fantastic conditions. Big USGA undulating greens. Quite a lot of water on the finishing stretch, and you'll see on the final hole, actually, uh, there's water right in front of the green. I'd expect some really tough uh, pin positions close to the water. Uh, guys really going for it, trying to hit some glory shots if they're trying to get back in their matches. So mm. I think it'd be really exciting. I think it's a, it's a good course to pick as well. There's there's quite a lot of undulation uh, around the fairway. So if you're a spectator, you'll be able to see quite a lot. And um, certainly they've got some big uh, kind of bowl-like grandstand um you know, springing to mind a bit like the 16th uh, at Scottsdale when they do their kind of stadium hole. I think they're trying to yep. recreate some of that stuff uh, and recreate some of the stuff from the Ryder Cup where you, you've got the walk into music, um, some big grandstands, some chanting. Um, mm. So I think the golf course all plays into that. I think that they've chosen wisely. Uh, the location's great uh, in terms of just being north of London. I think we'll get plenty of spectators in coming down from uh, from the Midlands. And, and obviously you've got that big cluster of population in London wanting to see see the goal so i think there's a lot of good things going on and it's a great event that, that we're really looking forward to yeah absolutely and uh, the draw we made for that uh, later on today this is tuesday we're recording this podcast and some of the teams that, are, that stand out to me include obviously england being the kind of the main seeds for this uh, they're going to be represented by chris wood and andy sullivan thailand have tong chai jaidi and keradech api barnard which should be a really hard duel to beat uh, throughout the week France have Alex Levy and Gregory Bourdie. Wales have Bradley Dredge and Jamie Donaldson. While Scotland at the bottom there, 16th seeds have Richie Ramsey and Mark Warren representing them this week. So it should be obviously a different event, something fun, innovative, colourful, noisy. Uh, atmosphere should be quite good, a different format for the game to watch on television. So it's uh, it's fresh and exciting. And uh, in the end, with so many events nowadays, we're almost over-golfed on television with so many events all over the world and they all follow a very similar format. And it becomes, at times, a little bit prosaic and quite... Uh, uh, there's a great sameness to it all and uh, it's not the most exciting thing at times where you, a lot of the events seem to roll into one, but it'll certainly have a, a distinction and obviously quite a, uh, adding some life to the European Tour as we build up towards the, the flagship tournament uh, coming up at uh, Wentworth for the BMW PGA Championship at the end of the month. Uh, but Owen, looking now, taking us away from the, the Tour and looking down to our subject of the week, uh, bringing in our guest this week, um, who you, of course, uh, met last week, Owen, over wine and cheese. Tell us a little bit about Maurizio then, shall you? Yeah, this, uh, so this is uh, about Italian golf and um, Italy, Italy really putting itself on a map as a, a destination that UK golfers uh, 
can go in, uh, go and visit. Um, rather than some of the traditional venues that you've got, maybe in um, you know in Spain and Portugal uh, and that sort of area, you've actually got Italy uh, now coming onto the map. It's got uh, a fantastic collection of golf courses, and I, and I learned a bit more with the Italian Tourist Board uh, and Mauricio last week uh, about what that is like, what they have to offer, and really about them creating some some venues and products where, where us as UK golfers can go in there and experience the culture, the golf, the food and the wine, uh, as I certainly experienced last week. Uh, and really, it's a different package to what we're used to. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to Mauricio now and learning a little bit more uh, about, about what's going on over there and what can we expect from them uh, in the coming years. Yes, I'm going to bring in Maurizio in just a moment. Obviously, a guy who has a tremendous experience and passion for golf in Italy. He's based up in Emilia in the northeast of the country, near, near Bologna, which is the capital of that region, and uh, trying to, again, bring attention and raise awareness to so many of the great golf courses, so many of the great regions in Italy. Obviously, they have so much culture and history and great cuisine. There's so much to offer that perhaps some of the other uh, destinations across the continent, like, like I said, their own, like Spain and Portugal, perhaps Italy has something different to offer. And of course, the Ryder Cup will be coming to Rome in five years' time, uh, which obviously will be a great event for that, again, increasing awareness even more for Italian golf and obviously hoping to try and grow the game, so to speak, within the country itself. So I'm going to bring in Maurizio De Vito Pisciccelli uh, right now. Uh, Maurizio, thank you for joining us this afternoon on the Golf Shake podcast. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks, Guy. Thanks, Golf Shakes. Thanks, Owen, for calling me. You mean that uh, yeah. great experience means I'm not that young? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, was... uh, it's 20 years I'm working. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on the golf tourism industry here in Italy. And now it's, uh-huh. it's quite a magic moment for us. Uh, and we have to profit 100% now. Mm-hmm. So if, if well, you want you. to, I let you know a little bit what's happening in Italy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, obviously there, I wasn't meaning you were old. Obviously experience is a, being experienced is a very good thing to have <laughs> that experience. And uh, we're happy, hoping to tap into that during this uh, conversation. Uh, Maurizio, uh, obviously Italy Golf and War has been established, established to try and promote the game, uh, promote the golf courses and the regions within Italy around the world. But looking at some of the, the regions that you know best of all, what uh, makes Italy unique uh, for golfers potentially coming from the UK? Uh, which what, what does Italy have as a destination that perhaps Spain and Portugal don't have? Yeah, everybody knows that Italy has uh, a lot of uh, attractions uh, apart from golf. Mm-hmm. I mean, culture, food, the wine, uh, great gastronomy. Yeah. But what we we are trying to 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 show is that Italy has excellent, excellent golf courses. We know we have more than 400 golf courses, 144 with more than 18 holes placed in beautiful region, astonishing uh, uh, landscapes. So I think uh, what we have a little bit to transfer to our friends in Europe uh, and all over Europe is that it's really possible mm. to play in fantastic golf courses with reasonable rates also in Italy. I think everybody knows that Italy has Rome, Venice, Florence, but very few people know how many fantastic golf courses and all those golf courses are becoming mm. every day 
much more available just for a simple reason. You know, in Italy, we have only 20, 25 real golf resorts, but the other golf courses, they are membership golf courses, are reserved for only 65,000 Italian players. If you share a little bit, 65,000 players for 144 18 all golf courses, you can understand that those golf courses are really available all year long. Mm -hmm. And that's the real message we want to transfer to European golfers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very much so. And uh, looking at your region in particular, Maurizio, Emilia in the northeast of the country, obviously Bologna is the capital of that region. What does that area particularly have in terms of golf courses? What are the main attractions there for golfers potentially coming over? Yeah, Emilia-Romagna has uh, 15 golf courses with 18 holes on a territory of 200 miles long. We are the capital, the world capital for food. Uh, everybody knows uh, tagliatelle, tortellini, lasagne. What you you think uh, the right name is spaghetti bolognese, but that, that's exactly tagliatelle a ragù, the, the good name. We are the capital of the motor industry. Ferrari, Lamborghini, Maserati and Ducati are all based in Emilia-Romagna. We have an international airport, Bologna, direct linked with London with a lot of daily flights. So you, a mix of nice golf courses, uh, a little bit of Ferrari and uh, Lamborghini, some great food, why not uh, spending four or five days in our region and having a fantastic golf holidays? As I, I was mentioning before, well, Italy is quite long, so you have to understand that uh, below Rome, you can have a 12-month season. Uh, on the northern part of Italy, and mainly in the north, in the center, you can play nine months a year, basically from March to the end of November. So that's a little bit the difference uh, on golf in Italy. But you, you, I, I really want oh, yeah. to invite you uh, to come to play golf in Italy. That would be a great, great, great surprise for you. Well, I think very much so. And you mentioned there, obviously, the, the all-round season that they have in the south of Italy. Would that be regions like uh, Sicily and Sardinia? Uh, so obviously they have a great all-round season there. But what attractions are, are, are in the south of Italy that would perhaps appeal to golfers around Europe to come and visit there? The great history, the great scenery... What are the the main attractions in the south of Italy, do you think? Yeah, let's see that Sicily has only six uh, golf courses, but they have fantastic resorts. I mean, everybody knows the name of Verdura Resort, that in two weeks' time we lost uh, a European tour event, uh, the Roccoforte Italian Mm -hmm. Open there. We have a nice, fantastic uh, resort named Donna Fugata, but what is again incredible is that you can play great golf close to fantastic Italian attractions like the city of Syracuse, Taormina, to taste the fantastic food and cakes of Sicily. And the same for Sardinia. Sardinia maybe has only four golf courses quite far one from the other. But what about the sea of Sardinia? You don't have to go to Maldives to have fantastic sea, the, the sea they can have in, in Sardinia, the hospitality, the traditional uh, gastronomy uh, received. Uh, the, I think Italy can have everything you can expect, but more, 
uh, apart from this, you, you have fantastic golf courses at a reasonable race. Just to have an idea, a green fee rate in Italy, the average is around 50 euro. We are talking about 43 pounds. And we are talking about fantastic championship course with mm-hmm. great, man, great maintenance level uh, because, you know, many of them has to be prepared perfectly for the member. The members are, are paying a lot of money, but now they are 100% available for tourists too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it certainly has something to offer for everybody. Uh, but looking now at the more of a central part of Italy, uh, in Lazio, obviously, where people obviously associate that with being Rome, the great capital city, and obviously the incredible history that's there. But in terms of Rome, obviously, that would be a, an attraction where there's so much to do in Rome besides golf. But about Lazio as a region itself, um, how many golf courses are there and what are the main attractions for potentially golfers coming to visit? Well, Lazio as Rome. Rome usually takes uh, not not less than seven seven days to visit Rome. I'm Italian. I, I go often to Rome, but I can tell you I've not visited every corner of Rome. So Lazio has uh, twelve golf courses, eighteen holes. Uh, we have the oldest the oldest golf course in Italy is Roma Acquasanta. We have a new and renovated a fantastic golf course named Olgiata. And mainly we have the Ryder Cup uh, golf course Marco Simone that will be uh, basically completely restyled uh, starting from uh, next, next autumn. Uh, again, Rome is a fantastic place, uh, has mm-hmm. all Italy for food, but every corner in Rome uh, as a surprise uh, because you really taste uh, a thousand, thousand years of story and it seems that you are walking uh, in the story of life there. Uh, but again, mixing this uh, with the 18 holes in beautiful golf courses, uh, it's a great experience. I want you to try uh and to taste it in, in Italy. Now we have a big difference in Italy. Uh, respect the past, we have reached. We have uh, we have done a unique container. The name is Italy Golf and More. Where you can have all the information about the Italian golf offer yes. divided region by region. I, I I really invite you to check our website, Italy Golf and More. Dot com and to see a little bit which are the best proposals. There are three sh- sections on the website, one for the, the golf courses, one for the extra golf attraction, and the third one with the tourist packages. So through our tour operator or friends tour operator in the UK or through directly with us, all the European golfers can try our holiday and uh, golf holiday in Italy. Yes, and we will certainly have a link uh, to the website on the the page uh, for the podcast when it goes live later on. And there's also great information on Italy Golf and more on the Golf Shake website. Uh, But Maurizio, you mentioned there the Ryder Cup course uh, coming to Rome, of course, in five years' time. Obviously an incredibly huge event, one of the biggest events in sport. And uh, it's going to bring so much attention, so much awareness uh, to Italy and Italian golf. Uh, What do you think the Ryder Cup uh, coming to Italy could mean for your country in terms of increasing the the profile of Italian golf and also trying to grow the game within Italy itself? Yeah, Yeah, it's a little bit uh, now or never. (laughs) I mean, uh, I think this is the the real last chance we have uh, to increase the popularity of golf uh, in Italy because... uh, 
you would not believe uh, how difficult it was to convince uh, the Italian people about the Ryder Cup and about why the Italian government supply supported the Ryder Cup here in Italy. For us, uh, we are all golfers since many, many years. Uh, when we heard that the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. was coming to Italy, it was an immediate uh, joy. But for, for the 95% of Italians, actually the Ryder Cup means nothing at all. So we really expect to host the Ryder Cup and uh, for two main reasons, to increase the number of players in Italy, 65, 80,000, uh, like we have between 65 and 80,000. 80,000 are the registered members, but the real golfers are 65,000. It's a really a ridiculous number uh, for a country with 65 million inhabitants. So we are definitely have to minimum to double this number in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And that could be done with the Ryder Cup effect. But mainly, we have to use the Ryder Cup for tourist purposes. I mean, uh, with the Ryder Cup, Italy will be on stage. Uh, it was until the past with Fratelli Molinari Brothers, with Manassero, Costantino Rocca. But now hosting the Ryder Cup, that means an international uh, uh, certification that, that also in Italy, golf is a very serious matter. So we are looking forward to the next five years. Uh, that will be the last chance for Italy. Yes, very much so. And obviously it will be a fantastic event when it comes around in five years. And we're also seeing a great investment being made. Can into- you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly fine, Maurizio. Um, we're also having a great investment being made into the Italian Open as well and the European Tour is becoming a bigger event uh, in the coming years also. Uh, but since Maurizio, since you started or got involved with Italian Golf and more and since the regions have been promoted that way, what sort of response have you had from people out with Italy? Have you been able to increase interest in people coming to Italy to play golf and to visit? What has the response been like to Italy Golf and more since it began? Yeah, definitely the... The best, uh, the best answer, the best response we had was f- by the. Are you there, Maurizio? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I'm here. Yeah, everything is fine. The, the best, uh, the best answer we had from the uh, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's I can fine? hear you. Okay. Yeah, we are because we are a little bit late with the sign. Uh, the good, the good news are that thanks to the Ryder Cup. We had the opportunity to bring on board the public bodies. I mean, the public uh, tourist board. They have to put the, the the majority of the money on this project because, as you well know, golf and tourism brings a lot of benefits, but mainly uh, to the to the national income, just for the 15% of the golf courses. So the tourist body has to understand that they have put money. And uh, on, on that project, the money on that on golf. And when you ask money for golf investment in Italy, it's always a nightmare. Thanks to the Ryder Cup, we could convince. And as you could see, we had we had ten Italian regions last week in London. We could convince the tourist body to put some investment, some energy, on promoting the golf and tourism offer. Uh, they have. 
they are very keen on promoting bike uh, holidays and all the rest, but not that much about golf. So that's the first effect. Second effect is a slight increase on the number of golfers, and we have the small increase by two or three percent in the last few months. Last few months, but the third and uh, most positive uh, feedback we had. Last year for the Ryder Cup was that we increased the number of uh, foreign golfers, uh, foreign green fees by 20%. Italy now can count on 600,000 rounds of golf made by foreign golfers. And the year before, we only had 500,000. So that's a nice increase. I think uh, Spain is doing 3, 4 million. So we are not that far. Spain, we are coming. Little by little, but we are coming. But you, you obviously there, Maurizio. You mentioned uh, having six hundred thousand rounds uh, last year. Do you have any uh, ambitions in terms of how many rounds do you hope to get to in maybe five years or ten years? What is the objective? What are the numbers you're hoping to get in the coming years? There's a specific, there's a specific uh, number that we have placed on our bid when we have hosted, uh, uh, when we asked to host the Ryder Cup, and uh, the the same was presented to our politicians. So we want absolutely to double this number uh, for the Ryder Cup. So we 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 hope to reach uh, 1.5 million foreign green fees for the Ryder Cup. I've checked personally all the figures coming by Scotland, by Ireland, and by Wales when they've organized the Ryder Cup. They, they, they increase on the number of foreign golfers were similar. So I don't think it will be so, so difficult to reach that number if we work all together, like we did last week in, in London, if we are working with some public money. And if we are if we are doing everything below the big hat of the Ryder Cup 2022 project, so let's see a little bit in five years. Uh, I think between 1.5 to 2 million foreign green fee, it's not uh, it's not a dream. It's something that has to become reality. Due to some tech issues this week, there's no goodbye from Kieran, I'm afraid. But we hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Italian golf with Maurizio, uh, what the regions have to offer individually in Italy and the different areas, as well as why the Ryder Cup is such a big deal for the country in 2022. And don't forget, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about it, visit goalshape.com, hit Italy into the search bar, and we've got a load of features on there where you can learn a little bit more in detail about those individual regions. Also, you can check out uh, more on Italian Golf via their website at www.italygolfandmore.com. That's www.italygolfandmore.com. Don't forget to spread the love and share across social, social networks. Really appreciate it if you share this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via SoundCloud or iTunes. And we'll see you next week.